1: family. And so is this. And so are these. Every family is different. But some families are more different than others.
0: Get out! It's hideous. It's horrible. It's It's home. home.
1: Is that really as tight as you can make it? Well! Hello. Wednesday. what do you have there? I'm not sure. Strange.
0: There's usually a murderous clown attached to the other end of these. Come now, little man. man. Don't forget to kick your father goodnight.
1: Yes, mother. Boxing! Blow F6! Fire in the hole!
0: You sunk my battleship!
1: <laughs> well done, Puxley! How I wish something would liven up this already tedious day. <laughs> Thanks for trying, Ichabod.
0: And welcome to the Dead TV podcast, podcast dedicated to all the canceled television series in science fiction, fantasy, and horror genre. I am your host, Doctor Chris.
1: And I'm Mr. Seneca.
0: And tonight we are covering *Adam's Family*, the TV series, episodes 14 and 15. But before we get to that, the *Adam's Family* trailer for the new uh, Illuminati movie came out uh, this past week.
1: Yes, it did, and that's what we played. And there was a lot to take in. <laughs>
0: different than i was expecting but we've seen the image for the adams family for about a year now because they mm-hmm. released the promo image uh last year when they were when the first the news first broke that there was an adams family animated movie coming out and then of course the poster came out which was the same exact image but now on a poster and now we have the full trailer
1: and i do have to say that seeing the 3d images in motion made it a little better, you know? Um, for me, it's an, an element of contrast. So if you have the whole world being the stylized way that you're doing these characters, then they kind of fit into their environment. Um, but as they are right now, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not particularly into it. Um, the stylization is just a little extreme for me. So, first thoughts, Dr. Chris, what are your first thoughts?
0: I mean, it's a different interpretation of the Adams family. Certain characters look exactly like their cartoon counterpart, their original comic strip counterparts, and some really don't. I mean, Gomez just looks vastly different and really kind of puggish, ugly, squanty. Like, if he was played like well... by, by like Danny DeVito as Penguin <laughs> from the Batman Returns movie, that's what Gomez mostly looks like. Morticia is Morticia. I can't see Charlize Theron pulling that off as in live action as much as everyone would say that would be possible. Um, But, uh, I mean, she does the voice okay, and Wednesday is Wednesday. And this is the first time out of almost most of the iterations of Pugsley that we actually have Pugsley looking mischievous and evil like he did in the comic strips, whereas in the movies and the original television series and the two remakes Pugsley was still pretty much a good uh, like a good kid just
1: yeah yeah um basically like the, the way that they're drawn isn't exactly true to the Charles Adams characters but they're closer than the like 1990s uh cartoon show and for that element I have to say that Gomez should actually be uglier you know uh Charles Adams portrayed Gomez as this very pug-nosed character. Um, there's even a few cartoons of him in profile where you can actually see the the nose is specifically upturned. He looks more like, um, I guess it's like Lon Chaney, uh, Family of Opera, like the pug you know, style of of the face. So I I'm okay with how his face was portrayed. I'm not okay with just how large they made him in relationship to everyone else. Like he is super fat, and in the comics, like he is pudgy, yes, but not super fat. <laughs> and and Fester is more cartoonish than even the TV show, which is hard to believe.
0: Yeah, they make him out to be like uh, Oompa Loompa.
1: You like, saw my paddle ship, it... you know <laughs> that that's just not a, a voice that I imagined for Fester.
0: <laughs> Lurch looks like Lurch. I mean, he's a little bit more gaunt and uh, zombie-like in this, I think. But and he's, more uh, Frankenstonian, I mean, yeah. Yeah, other than the live-action movies that can't really do that all that well, the cartoons mm-hmm. have always made him... The various cartoon series and animation of the Addams Family has always made Lurch to be very zombified. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, you know, but my biggest problem was with Wednesday. Why does her forehead look similar to the balloon that she's holding?
0: Yeah, she's got way too elongated of a forehead. And, uh, I mean, Chloe Grace Mortez is never going to escape out of playing children's roles when she's regulated back to being a 10-year-old and the actress now is 25.
1: Yeah, the, the... Charles Adams cartoons had Wednesday being this almost sweet character. Yes, she was narrowly drawn. Yes, she had very hollow eyes. She had no white of her eyes showing, so just like a black hollow bit. It seemed as almost that uh, they started drawing those hollow eyes and then looked at their drawing like, uh, she needs some whites there and then drew bigger eyes around that. And then they saw that and like, well, those are big eyes. They, she needs a big head. And then they just went crazy and just drew this ellipse over her head. And so her forehead is huge.
0: It is funny it, to see Oscar Isaacs going to be pulling double duty this year as he is uh, Gomez Adams and then returns to play po, uh, pilot Poe Damro in Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, which was the other <laughs> huge trailer that came out as of Friday. So we had the Adams family at the beginning of the week and at the end of the week we had the big Star Wars reveal which was the po- you know the, the name of the movie and of course the uh, you know any of the spoilers that are in the trailer which we're not going to go over but the the name of the new Star Wars is The Rise of Skywalker and Oscar Gomez is in that. So we'll probably mention it again coming up later on when we get to the Adams family movie that he's got one more role coming out later this year. I like the character of Poe Dameron. I love it, po and Dameron. I love the actor. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think po... that he
1: would make a great live-action Gomez.
0: Uh, I'm sorry, Poe Dameron. I always say Dameron, but it's Dam Dameron. Dameron. Did you ever <laughs> see him in uh, Ex Machina as Nathan, the inventor of the uh, you know the sexy chick?
1: I did not actually. That was that's on my my must watch to do list, but it's it's not been a priority for me to watch Ex Machina, but I
0: do want to watch see that one so chloe is 22 by the way she was born in 1997
1: now i love that pugsley has that mischievousness about the way he's drawn i still think that the faces on these characters are a little too small for the heads that they've drawn i will hold in reserve judgment for the the main film to come out um i do have some notes from the trailer though Uh uh-huh there's a line that Morticia says, don't forget to kick your, your father goodnight in the trailer. The original line from the Charles Adams cartoon is, now kick daddy goodnight and run along to bed, which Morticia told Pugsley in a comic from August 14, 1948. That seems to be the only uh, element in this trailer that is pulled directly from the Charles Adams comics. If you, And I did go through this trailer practically frame by frame. The house uh, has like a, an asylum sign on it. And then you go through either the front door or the back door. We're not quite clear on that. And it's a straight shot to the other door where Morticia and Gomez are standing. Now, any asylum anywhere would never have had a front door and a back door going straight through it. Because the whole purpose of an asylum is to keep the people there. And that would not be a deterrent for them. <laughs> so, and the Adam, Adam's mansion was supposed to be in their family for generations. So uh, this seems like they're purchasing a house. I don't know.
0: Yeah, so different. And the bugs
1: out of her, whatever.
0: Yeah, different maybe. I mean, we'll we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, they're probably doing an Adam's family origin story too.
1: Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that. The Adam's family just them you know they're just they they are they they never had an ending they don't have a beginning they just are
0: well we'll get to we'll get to that when the next trailer comes out in the meantime we will cover art and the adams family
1: yes art and the adams family originally aired december 18th 1964 when an outraged art critic recommends that mama get a teacher to help her paint better gomez gladly hires none other than picasso for mama not Pablo Picasso, Sam Picasso, a penniless non-talent who is more than willing to be flown to affluent America to teach in exchange for free room and board. Despite outside opinions to the contrary, Gomez believes Sam is an undiscovered master. Consequently, Sam soon finds himself locked in the Adams basement until such time he, quote, finds himself and starts cranking out masterpieces. I loved this episode.
0: Yeah, this was the- very, very funny.
1: The Sam Picasso episodes are always just hilarious because Vito Scotti, the actor that plays Sam Picasso, which we saw in a previous episode, Adam's and the VIPs, he is excellent. He's so funny. So, Mama's paintings, you know, she's throwing paint on the canvas and it kind of looks like dough. And every, you know, Gomez seems enthralled by it. And, and, uh, he goes to. Take her art seriously, and gets his friend, the art critic, in order to, uh, you know, judge uh, Grandmama's artistic works. Uh, he doesn't recommend an artist, uh, a teacher, right away. So Gomez has to go and, and find someone himself, and he says, "Spain, our ancestral land," to Grandmama about where to find a teacher. And so the idea of Picasso comes up. There is some cute confusion, though, in that beginning about, you know, is it Sam Picasso, Pablo Picasso? But they catch him just before he was going to hang himself. <laughs> and uh, he gets this call to go to America, and Sam Picasso, you know, tosses away the noose.
0: <laughs> the guy who directed this episode, Sidney Landfield, directed 48 episodes of The Addams Family. Awesome. Yeah. Definitely obviously had a you know stuck in there, you know, was was uh was uh was in there for it for for quite some time.
1: I actually have some quotes from uh, Vito himself. Uh in the Adams Chronicles by Stephen Cox, uh he said that um Sydney Landfield was kind of a terror to work with on other shows. Um you know, he's kind of an uh, old-school old school, old school director, commentator, and uh, he comes on set for the Adams, and he says, uh, all of a sudden, Mr. Scotty, welcome to the set. A chair for Mr. Scotty. Coffee, Mr. Scotty. And he's talking about Mr. Lansfield, with such a sweetheart. He, uh, Vito says, you couldn't wait to work on that set. Uh, everybody was fantastic. Carolyn Jones, everybody used to call her mother. She was wonderful. When I went to her funeral, she was so beautiful still, even though she had suffered with an illness. So he actually really enjoyed being on set. He loved working with the Adams family crew. Um, I think he's in what? How many? How many Adams episodes is he in? I think he's in like three or four.
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: But his Sam Picasso character is just. Ah, amazing. We also get um, more images of Kitty Cat, new images that we haven't seen before. And uh, I tracked down, I did a little bit more research, and I tracked down some information about the animal trainers uh, that were on set. So uh, Kitty Cat was a full-grown African lion, and uh, he was brought to the set to kind of wander around by animal trainer Steve Martin who uh, raised the lion from a cub. And so he'd take it on a leash through the set or you know, kind of let it roam around while they filmed uh, stock footage of it. So in this episode, you see Kitty Cat like lapping up some milk and rubbing against a wall. And there was a vulture on set uh, who was owned and trained by Daryl Keener, who brought that animal to the set uh, further into the, into the um, series. Found it for us. (laughs) The Adams family basically hold Sam Picasso kidnapped, I guess you could call it, or I I don't know. They they lock him in the playroom uh, for inspiration, and uh, Wednesday basically sneaks in through Pugsley's tunnel and starts painting.
0: That's after uh, she meets um, meets him in the garden, and uh, she tells him what she did to the doll. And then of course he looks at the graves and says, "Little red riding hood is not dead." That's not the, not the way we tell it. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> uh yeah, the, the, her doll that day was Mary Queen of Scots.
0: Yes. What happened to Mary Queen of Scots? Mary Queen of Scots?
1: I don't have my I don't have any notes on that particular element, but I believe it was beheading.
0: Uh no, that was Marie Antoinette.
1: Oh. Then what happened to Marie then what happened to Mary, Queen of Scots? There was a
0: movie out last year. I did not see that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it was in the theaters in De- actually, yeah, it was in theaters in December.
1: Okay. Yeah, I did not see that one. I'm unfamiliar with the the person.
0: She was Queen of Scotland. I'm aware of that fact. <laughs> she was the uh, heir to the throne of James the fifth, uh, King James the fifth and then succeeded by King James the sixth,
1: also known as uh, Mary
0: Stuart. Um, she was 6 years old when she became queen by the way.
1: Yeah, that happens with royalty
0: at times. Oh, she was beheaded too. Okay, so she was beheaded. Was found guilty of plotting to assassinate Queen Elizabeth of England. Ah, yeah. That would do
1: it. <laughs> and that would make the headless doll make sense.
0: But then of course I think Marie Antoinette was also um uh, Beheaded as well, right? And uh, that is correct. Okay, yeah. and wasn't um, didn't Sophia Coppola make a movie about her with um, Kristen Dunst?
1: Yes, and we don't talk about that film.
0: Why wow. <laughs> is it bad? Oh, we—it's horrible. This. Oh, we did talk about this before, right? Yes, we did. Okay, I just couldn't remember. We do—we've done so many episodes. You don't expect me to remember everything, do you? Uh,
1: I don't know. <laughs> I hardly remember everything. That's why I take notes. Oh. Okay. Uh, so in this episode, uh, we do have Morticia saying to Sam Picasso, if you want anything, just shriek. And uh, there that's actually taken from one of the Charles Adams cartoons from March 13th, 1943. Quote from the comic is, this is your room. If you should need anything, just scream.
0: Changed around a little. That, yeah, that is pretty funny. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Uh of course we want Mr. Picasso to suffer for his art, but dying is going a little too far. <laughs> so they lock him up just so that he can suffer.
0: Yeah, so he can create better artwork. I thought that was pretty funny.
1: Yeah, Vester tries his hands at making ceramics and uh and his art critic friend, Bosley Swain just like gushes over the new paintings that actually Wednesday created. But Sam Picasso is more than happy to take credit for once he sees the wad of cash that that is that is you know Bosie's trying to buy the paintings for, and we never really get a good look at them, which is unfortunate.
0: No, we only get to see like um, we never get to see grandmas. We don't get to see. Uh... The painting of Uncle Fester at the end. We, don't, we only get to see Wednesdays, which is just a child's hand painting, and that just might have been because, oh, she's a little girl on set, so we'll you know, make her happy or whatever by pu- actually putting well, the painting into the episode itself.
1: We do see Grandmama's original painting, but all the ones that she does while under the tutelage of Sam Picasso, we never actually see. Yeah, that first one just has like those clumps of... You know, dough paint, and then she spray paints it with some black spray paint, and there's an eye on it. It's, it's, it's kind of horrible looking. Mm. So, Sam oh. Picasso goes to fight bulls.
0: Yeah. And he, he does. Which is safer than uh, painting.
1: <laughs> At least in the Adams house.
0: I love the line, to the guy who is investigating, who wants to buy the paintings, who says, what's the next step you recommend? He looks at Grandmama, a teacher. Yeah, I <laughs> guess. That, that cracked me up. Um, <laughs> He's
1: tree, trying so hard to be polite.
0: <laughs> trees with human heads, too. That's also pretty funny.
1: I would have really enjoyed seeing that, but they didn't show any of that.
0: What the... Uh... How many artists, and there's probably no way to look this up, but how many artists are you aware of that you can think of or artists you've met who have killed themselves? I mean, art and suicide go hand in hand.
1: Well, yes, because there is a part of the brain that is triggered during depression that creates, uh, that activates creativity, and so therefore creative people are more likely depressed. I personally don't know of any sui- suicide victim artists in my personal life as for like the general overall um, artist realms like who are the famous artists that killed themselves there must be quite a few but I can't think of any off the top of my head
0: at the moment have I known anyone that commits suicide that is an artist no have I known people that commit suicide yes so two completely different categories but um, uh, it, it seems to go hand in hand I mean what happened to the original P- uh, Pablo? With the original Picasso? Um, uh,
1: I don't have that in front of me. I think it was the Pablo Picasso that they were referring to with uh, the comment about Tahiti.
0: What's funny though is that the uh, for 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 a painter, Pablo Picasso lived nearly a hundred years. He was in his nineties when he died.
1: Oh, uh, I see. He died in 1973.
0: Correct. Yeah. April 8th, 1973. 1981. I mean, that's, that's, quite the, uh, that's quite the time. That's kind of like you and me having been born around that time 100 years later, you know, in late 70s, early 80s or whatever. if We lived to be 100.
1: Yeah, I mean, I never thought I'd live to be this age. So
0: who knows if I'll live to be 100. Um, I knew an eccentric artist uh, when I first moved to Worcester years ago. She, um, she told me that she wasn't going to live past the age of 35. And I was like, do you have a debilitating disease? She's like, no, I'm going to kill myself before I hit 40. So as far as I'm aware, okay. this person is still alive and in her early 30s.
1: Well, getting over your own mortality is a difficult topic. And taking that leap into the unknown is just as scary as facing your own life sometimes.
0: True, true, true. Well, that's pretty much all the notes I have for this episode about Art and the Addams Family. Take a quick break, and we'll come back for the next episode. The Addams Family meet a beatnik, and we will definitely be talking about what a beatnik is in relation to the 1960s. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Hello, and welcome to Screen Scene. The horror movie podcast where we watch every horror movie ever made in chronological order then rank them from best to worst. Your dedicated hosts, Sarah and Ben, bring you a new episode each week, covering the history of film through a horror lens, from silent to sound and black and white to color, and the social and cultural context surrounding them. Scream Scene is your well-researched, in-depth, and respectful dive into the horror movies of old. Join us, Creatures of the Night, by subscribing to Scream Scene on iTunes. And visit our website, ScreamScenePodcast.tumblr.com. You'll be dying to subscribe.
0: <laughs> That's pretty bad.
1: It'll be a hell of a good time. Better? It'll
0: lift your spirits. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I wanted to also ask, if you, um... Uh... Because the time you're coming in, there's a lot of time between then and when the uh, the. By the way, they moved the time of the ball. I don't know if you saw that.
1: No, I did not.
0: Okay, because I sent you the link, <clears throat> or I invited you to the link for the for the ball. But you'll mm-hmm. be with me anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But they moved the time now to like eight o'clock. It was supposed to be open at seven with the with the VIPs at six, but I guess now it's going to be at eight. So, but that's fine because then we can also go to Salem early and kind of exp- you know you haven't really been. I mean, you you <clears throat> have or have not ever been to Salem? Have not. Oh, my God. Okay, then we definitely are going (laughs) to go to Salem a little bit early, if you don't mind going, obviously, dressed, because we're not going to have any place to change. Yeah, Once I'm fine with that. Salem. Okay, that's fine. I just wasn't sure how restricting your dress is. <laughs> nope, not at all. Okay, perfect. Then we'll, we'll go to Salem at least a couple hours early, a few hours early, after like hitting a, the other couple things that are happening that day. So that way you can really kind of explore Salem a little bit. You, since you've right. never been before. Sounds great. Fantastic. And besides, we'll fit right in with all the other kooks in Salem based on how <laughs> we're dressed anyway. <laughs>
1: all the spooks in Spooksville. Basically,
0: yeah, it's like Goth <laughs> <Gauss> Central. So. <laughs> yep, yep. All right, right, so I'll come back. And we're back with the next episode of The Addams Family. The Addams Family Meet a Beatnik.
1: (laughs) The Addams Family Meet a Beatnik, originally aired January 1st, 1965. A young biker on the run from his domineering tycoon dad ends up hiding out in the Addams' house, and the Addamses couldn't be happier. They throw a birthday party.
0: Nick is a young person in the 1950s or 60s belonging to a subculture associated with the beat generation. Long black hair, biker-like outfit is what it says sometimes, but it could be anything to do with the youth culture of that day.
1: Yes, and there is a lot of uh, youth culture slang that is used in this episode, which thrills
0: uh, the Adams family because they're just like I've never heard such language before. This is amazing. <laughs> they're like, thrilled. Don't they ever get out in the world? <laughs> well, obviously not. You know,
1: Wednesday says that they're home all the time. So yeah, they're, they're home all the time. They can't meet true individualists like this man Rocky.
0: Yeah, and really as, weird. as soon as his name was real, though, I kept thinking Rocky were a picture show. Um, and he is. He is not a homeless beatnik either. He is the son a of a wealthy... Beatnik. Yeah, no, he comes from an incredibly wealthy family. Yeah. But that incredibly wealthy upbringing probably drove him to be like the gangster that he is, with the skull jacket, the motorcycle, you know, running away from home.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, the he's, It's his birthday that day. He's running away from home for the third time, and... He crashes into the Adams place or next to the Adams place. Not really sure, but he ends up on their property and uh, wakes up with, you know, everyone around him. And, and uh, it, he's, he's just kind of astounded and shocked about where he is. And uh, <laughs> Morticia has this line I think I'd better get him some of Mama's painkillers. They're absolutely unbelievable. That's that's like Vicodin in those days, <laughs> but the pill is the size of a walnut.
0: <laughs> I thought this was going to be a Christmas episode too, considering we you know we did the Adams Family Halloween and uh, they start singing Christmas carols at the beginning of the episode. Do we have a Christmas episode coming up? Uh,
1: they do have Christmas with the Adams. Yes. Okay,
0: so that's what I thought this was because they do start it with um, them singing.
1: Yeah, they, uh, Gomez sings the um, the tune. Uh, uh, see the spider on the maypole, fa la 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 la, it's like Maypole is May first, and this is played on January first, so maybe they were thinking this was going to be published a little bit later so but the, christmas tune I, I don't I don't know
0: the two actors that we have in the episode are Barry Kelly and Tom Lowell. Tom Lowell is uh the son, and Barry Kelly is the father. Barry has been in. Things I've never seen before. He's uh, Mr. Ed. Hey. Other than Mr. Ed and F. Troop and Bonanza, he was kind of a bit part actor going all the way back to the early 40s. Um, yes, he
1: was on the Petticoat Junction, The Lucy Show, Phyllis Diller, um, Perry Mason, Mr. Ed. And, you know, uh, long
0: time there as Carol's dad. And Tom was on was in Escape from the Planet of the Apes, in The Twilight Zone, Green Acres, Bonanza, and his career kind of stops by the by 1979. I don't know if he's still alive or dead. IMDb has him listed as still being alive, so.
1: Yeah, maybe he just chose a different path for his life.
0: That darn cat. I remember watching that movie as a kid. I haven't seen it since. Uh, It was pretty funny. But he was, uh, the first thing he ever did was on an episode of The Twilight Zone, The Changing of the Guard. That was his very first job. Uh, And, of course, The Twilight Zone just recently came back on the CBS app hosted by Jordan Peele. Oh,
1: yes. And that, I have to say, anyone who is, who... It has a moment, and it hasn't yet seen the new Jordan Peele Twilight Zone. Go and see it; it is
0: free on YouTube. It is fantastic. Good. Absolutely. I, uh, nice. I might have to wait because I'm just I'm not interested in paying for another streaming service. I got one I borrow, one I pay for, and one I get for free. So <laughs> it's yeah, like... I know.
1: I've I've only seen the first episode too because of the paywall. Um,
0: and that's I... the other thing that happened this week because. Um, Earlier in the episode we mentioned the Star Wars trailer came out. The Star Wars celebration was happening is happening right now. It started on Wednesday and goes to Sunday, and Disney revealed their upcoming Disney streaming app is gonna be six ninety nine a month. Man. Uh, I don't want to
1: pay for another thing like that.
0: Yeah, and it's gonna have every Star Wars thing ever made on it. It's gonna have every Disney movie ever made, all the Marvel movies, but they're also launching with Mandalorians, they're launching with the Loki show, the What If cartoons. Like, what if Captain America had become President of the United States? You know, what if Peggy Carter became Captain America? Things like that. And then, of course, the big thing is the Mandalorian television series. The first ever Star Wars TV show is going to be launching.
1: Well, I think me and my friends are going to pool together, put together a Plex service, and then just take all of our DVDs that we collectively own, load them on, and see what we got left over to to acquire. Right. Because I don't want to pay for another...
0: God darn, streaming service. I think you get all the episodes of The Addams Family on the CBS app, too, as well as Hulu and Amazon, correct?
1: Uh, I haven't checked Amazon, but it's definitely Hulu, because that's where I watch it. Uh, I also have the discs.
0: Uh, yeah, I have the disc too. Uh, I, I posted on our Facebook page a couple weeks ago that you can buy the entire box set at Walmart for $20. That's
1: cool, Kat. That's cool. Yeah, you Kat. did? <laughs> Um, <laughs> you break me
0: up, Osadoff. The uh, the no, by the way, nobody could ever uh, swallow a pill like the size that Gomez gives him.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that walnut-sized painkiller. Yeah, no way that he would be able to swallow that thing.
0: And what are he, they so- eating for 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 a meal? It's not chicken bones, but it is chicken bones, obviously. But it's not It's supposed to be some other animal.
1: Uh, I think it's like a yak or whatnot.
0: Um. Is it a gack? Really? Because it looks like he's handed a chicken bone by uh, Lurch.
1: Oh, well, he steals it from the tray. Yeah. Uh, it, it seems a, a bit bigger than chicken to me. It'd be like
0: a turkey or whatnot. Did you notice the bread on the table, too, is in front of both the parents and the children? What is that, pumpernickel? Yes. <laughs> it made me want pumpernickel bread. It's it's the
1: spookiest of breads. Right. Pumpernickel.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um... The, the way don't... the
1: way that Rocky actually talks to uh, the auto parts guy on the phone is like, "I'm not fooling around with no peasant. Give me the top cat now." <laughs> they went really overboard with the the slang dialogue. A
0: little bit, a little bit, definitely.
1: But if you really take a look at this episode and think of it as if his tycoon father is like, say anti-LGBT and if you consider Rocky to be LGBT even though there's absolutely nothing in these episodes to say that nothing nothing but I'm I'm thinking of this episode with a modern slant and if you put that in your brain when you're watching it his turn of emotion at the end of the episode after all these Adams family people have accepted Rocky as one of their own and are celebrating his birthday uh, he has this emotional turn where he gives Rocky back the, his motorcycle keys and gives him, you know, his freedom, and he and he doesn't put the handcuffs on him again. And I, I think this kid might might be like seventeen, eighteen, supposed to be.
0: So you think that he's and, running away because he came out? Is that what you're saying?
1: He, I mean, I'm thinking of this with a modern slant in my head, and yeah, like you know, he his father is trying to mold him into this person that he, that his father wants him to be. And if you take that as another layer on top of this, then it adds a bit more meaning that's more relevant to modern times.
0: I listen to a podcast that covers Angel, uh, every episode, Angel the spinoff of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh-huh. And they put a gay twist on everything that they can possibly uh put on to that show sometimes. And sometimes it's a little like I would love to ask them in person one day if they're doing this for laughs because they're both two queer women, um, lesbians, I think, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't quote me on that. Um, If they're putting a gay joke on it every episode just for laughs because of them being a spinoff of another queer-centric heavy show, or do they actually believe that? And yeah, rewatching Angel sometimes I'm I'm constantly going Jesus Christ, the sexual tension between these two male characters is a little <laughs> bit much sometimes. <laughs> uh Christian Kane, uh who played Lindsay on the show, who was this wolfman-heart lawyer bad guy who's currently who was recently on The Librarians if you watched that show with uh Rebecca Romaine. Um mm-hmm. Her, him, and Angel are constantly like butting heads with each other. When you have two male protagonists constantly butting heads with each other, it's constantly you're always going, Jesus Christ, just get a room. <laughs> <laughs> so in that, yeah. I can see happening.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's how I came to really appreciate this episode. Um, it, the episode is very simple in in its premise, and as you can see, the IMDb description is super simple for it. But if I, have, if I layer that on top of it, it puts a new meaning on why the, the boy is running away and why the father has his turn of heart at the very end of the episode, seeing his son be accepted by another family. Like, what other thing would you really empathize with where seeing someone else treat your son better will change you? And I think that is that is a method.
0: The episode... All jokes aside, the, uh-huh. when the father and son meet each other at the birthday party, the episode takes an entirely different turn that the Adams family has never done up to this point.
1: Correct, because they're going into more of a dramatic stance.
0: And I think it's handled incredibly well. I would agree. I couldn't, I couldn't stop myself from really getting into it, like not. Not being able to watch it without some kind of a reaction. Ah, okay. And it was like, I just I wasn't expecting it from the Adams family. You know what I mean? They don't tackle serious topics, at least in the original television series. And the movies, maybe a little bit more, to a degree of ridiculousness sometimes. So, the, so this
1: ep- this episode touched you personally.
0: Well, at the very end, between the father and son. Yeah. Yes. I mean the father. Doesn't approve of his son's lifestyle, but it doesn't really matter. And then the son's asking the father if he's going his way.
1: Yeah, he doesn't want to go home
0: with him, but then he's like, "No." Despite how different me and dad are, and I'm not—I don't want to like take over the legacy. I'm, you know, his father basically still, you know, says in no uncertain terms that he still loves his son, no matter what.
1: Yes, he still loves his son. Doesn't quite know, you know, how he failed him.
0: Do you, uh, I, I, I did not get that.
1: Yeah, he says, uh, you people accepted the boy just as he is. I tried to press him into a mold. If there's a kook around here, it must be me.
0: What I mean is, like, I didn't get that. You didn't get what? I didn't get, like, what happened. I got it, but I did not get it in life.
1: Oh, yeah, there when people leave this earth as your father has, uh it's difficult to come back with those unanswered situations. you know there's no closure when someone dies unexpectedly, and uh, basically trying to have that moment of empathy from your father and not not going to get it because he's passed on um seeing rocky's father give him that and and try to bridge that gap between the two definitely a turn of the show that has not been done and these and this moment you know is uh kind of like in a bottle what that time period was supposed to be you know where the youth of that time period is coming into its own, and the older generation has to basically step aside and allow that the younger generation to be themselves. Right. And I think personally that you, Dr. Chris, have thrived in doing what you want to do with your life. And I think if uh, your father was more, uh, you know, talkative and and more compassionate towards you, then he would have said that as well.
0: Maybe. There are... Oh, well, I was want to point out that the kids are wearing gas masks and they're putting together grenades.
1: Yeah, they're, they're putting together hand grenades and wearing gas masks. And Fester's uh, TNT party bomb, which instantly decorates for a party, reminded me of... Uh, Partly cloudy with a chance of meatballs, you know, the party button, where I push the button and just paint and glitter and party decorations everywhere, and, you know, party bomb! Yeah.
0: That, uh, it's funny you bring that up, because, um, everyone's, um, the day we're recording this, it has begun tonight, in about, like, another few hours, part one, sorry, episode one of the six-part series finale of Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones And everyone's posting a meme from uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs Of uh, Mr. T as that cop whatever, When he sheds a tear And he's just like get back in there tear And he <laughs> soaks the tear back up into his face <laughs> Oh yeah I love that one so people have been posting that gif a lot today because of, like, I'm not crying today! And it's like, yeah, you ain't crying right now, but wait till you see who gets killed off tonight.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I am personally done. going to be making some sausages for my Game of Thrones watch party so I can just wiggle one at people. Ha! Huh? Like Ramsay Bolton.
0: Ha! Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to do that. I thought you were doing I you know, I saw your post about that. I thought you were doing that in honor of Theon Greyjoy cuz he doesn't have a dick.
1: <laughs> well, yes, but I'm doing it as Ramsay Bolton just like teasing him about it. Yeah, oh. you don't have a penis, yeah.
0: <laughs> At um at a at a convention here in Massachusetts, sorry, in New England called Granite State Comic-Con. Um, Go to the Grand State Comic Con This coming uh, se- September uh, The entire cast of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The animated series will be there Including uh, Kevin Eastman, their creator Ooh! They had six members of Game of Thrones At the con one year But they were all the characters That are kind of like side characters That aren't like that big And it took a little while for them to kind of like build up their, uh, you know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. You do the convention circuit, you try to make some money, yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. Oh, I also wanted to point out that, uh, I I mentioned this in message, and I posted this on the Facebook page, Uh, Oscar Isaac as Gomez in the trailer sounds like M. Bison to me a little bit, because Raul Juliet played M. Bison in the Street Fighter movie. In fact, that was his last role, he
1: was such a great actor. I am sad that he is gone. Um, yeah. But I, I don't personally hear the similarity, but I can definitely see how you'd say that. The the voices are, um, with the accent, within the same ballpark.
0: We're also at the time of recording this. We are two weeks away from not recording live in person. Unless we record on Saturday, we could actually probably do this live in the studio Saturday if the studio is free, uh, while we're running around. Let's do it! Yeah, the only problem is Worcester and Framingham aren't kind of next to each other as much as Framingham and Salem are not next to each other.
1: Yeah, well, whatever we got time for.
0: Yeah, but we could probably do it at my place over the same setup we had at your hotel. So that actually might be a good idea. Just before we get dolled up and go out to Salem, we instead of coming to the studio, we'll do it in front of the the uh, we'll do it up we'll do it um we'll do it in front of the uh the mic like we did interested check out vampire ball uh Google vampire ball in Salem or go on Facebook to for vampire Endless Night vampire ball and you can look up more information about what we're talking about as of, on May fourth which is also may the fourth be with you uh Mr. Zeneca and I will be in Salem Massachusetts together. The same place. Partying in the same place, my god. We will be dolled up in our vampire-like... Attire with fangs and everything And hair done all super fancy And uh, we will be At the Endless Night's Ball So if you are uh, if you are there, drop us a line Let us know that you're actually going to be there as well If you listen to the podcast, that would be great I Look at the Dead TV Podcast I will post a link to the Vampire Ball on the Dead TV Podcast Facebook page So in case you want to know more about it And then you can also send us an email at ThatRadioHara at gmail.com And find us on Twitter at ElegantlyKinky And ChrisDSAV All web... Uh, uh, all episodes can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, as well as our website. All the links are on every single episode. I got an email about at least two of the podcast asking where can I get the links from. They're on the actual link on the website. If you can't Google find it on Google for whatever reason, just go to our website and all the links are below the episode where it says download now or stream here. So you don't want to do it from our website. and want to stick it on your device. You can do it from our the website, radiohorror.com. So, just to clarify for that question, and that an- to answer that question that was sent this week about the Adams family. So.
1: so, you go to radioofhorror.com and click the podcast you want to connect to. Then you go into the page and then see the, the links for iTunes and Stitcher and blah, 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 blah. You click one of those and connect with us.
0: Thank you, everybody.
1: Good night. <laughs>